0: The extraordinarychurch.ca podcast where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen.
1: Let's go ahead and jump on into the word. Matthew 1 verse 18 Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Two more verses. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. I'm going to preach this thought by the help of the Holy Ghost. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Andy is wearing that shirt. Come on up here. You're in the Holy Ghost. You had no idea. Praise God. This isn't staged. This is just another confirmation. Look at this, man. Joy, repping this joy to the world. Praise God. Amen. Tapped into the Holy Ghost. Or was eavesdropping in my house in the conversations that I had with the Lord, one or the other. No, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For those of you that don't know uh, me that well, um, you might not know this, but I love everything about Christmas. I enjoy the holiday se- It's the holiday season. Yes, yeah. You know, for me, I'm like, hey, take a look at the five and ten. Anyway, y'all, y'all just went, that didn't go over well. That's okay. Praise God. I love everything about Christmas. I deeply enjoy our family traditions, the time that we spend together, the time that we laugh together, the time that we crack up. I don't know, it just seems to hit differently during the holiday season, the food. I even started prepping last night. I just thought, you know what, I'm I'm gonna make sure there's no rust on the cooking skills. I cook during the holidays and I said, I just need to make sure my macaroni and cheese is gonna hit right. I need to make sure the stuffing is going to hit right. And so, um, you know, because I'm passionate about these things. My mother is a phenomenal cook, and I would tease her because I'm like, Mom, my collard greens, you know, like, boom, they're going to bless you. And so she has her collard greens. And so, like, in Thanksgiving, I said, let me make my collard greens. And, you know, you take care of most of the stuff. And so we have another cook in the family. Uh, and he's a phenomenal cook as well. He was like, man, these collard greens are hitting a little... Di-. I was like, I'm telling you, son, these collard greens, this is what I do, this is what I do. And so I was a little concerned because my macaroni and cheese, the last couple of times, you know, in our house, like cooking is an art. You got to get it right. If the, and let me just say this, like, like I know the turkey might be important or the roast or whatever you do, but something is amiss if you don't think the macaroni and cheese is the most important dish in your house. So, you know, you got, you, you, a lot of things can go wrong, but that mac and cheese has got to be right, fam. That mac and cheese has got to be right. And uh, thank you. And so I went and I said, let me just make sure. So I was telling Mia, uh, it's going to be good. So I, I put it in the oven and she, was, she had gone out and done something and then she come back and I said just, I had already had a little taste, little, little sneak preview. So I, I knew it was looking good. I said, go ahead and open up the oven. Go ahead and open it. She was like, Whoa. I said, yeah, you know, we just, we enjoyed it. It was fantastic. So I know my macaroni and cheese is going to be right when we lean in. I know the roast and the chicken and everything else, the collard greens. It's going to be a great time. We even watched It's a Wonderful Life last night. I watched it. I love that movie. I watched it like it was the first time I'd ever seen it. That's how I am on my Christmas. I'm crying. I'm like, George, you really do have a wonderful life. And I look, I look at my little mini-me, she's like crying too, and I'm like, this is my baby. We're on the same page. We enjoy the Christmas time. It's a joyful season. It is indeed a joyful time. And today, I believe I'm going to share with you some points that if you process them, if we process them correctly, we're going to understand, and I believe and declare, it will release an unbridled joy in your life. Now, If you think about it, the whole world is marked according to Christmas. The entire world, and specifically time, is marked according to Christmas. The whole world refers to, even history books refer to this. Other countries, they talk about time before Christ and AD, or after Christ. And a lot of times, many of us, if if we think we understand B.C., before Christ. Some of us think that A.D. means after Christ or uh, after death, but that's not the case. A.D. is a Latin phrase that means the year of our Lord. So the whole world, the whole world, Mark time is before Christ. And then once he was born, now it is the 2022nd year of our Lord. This, in itself, is a reason to be joyful. It's not just the Christmas spirit. It's not just the good time, the movies, the fun, the laugh, the family gatherings. All those things are good. The world is more generous during this time. But there's something else that I want to unpack for you that will help us understand why this season is really a time for joy to the world. In the passage I read to you, It's Matthew, he's quoting an excerpt from the prophet Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is a book in the Old Testament, depending upon how familiar you are with Scripture. It contains, the book of Isaiah contains the most messianic prophecies of any book in the Old Testament. You can go back, and what I want to do is, let's go back and look at this prophecy that Matthew is, is quoting here, and I want to give you some context. Remember I told you context is everything. Context is everything. So first what you have to understand is uh, Judah is under attack. Or they're about to be under attack. Let me rephrase that. Uh, talking about Syria. Not Assyria, Syria. Two different countries. But Syria is about to attack Judah. Now, in particular, if you read it in the New King James or King James, they say the word besieged which means they're getting ready for battle. They're building up. They're preparing for war. And during this time, God has a word for the king, and the king's name is Aza. Now, whenever you're in battle, you are looking. I don't know about you, but when times go wrong or when things are hairy, we're like, man, I could sure use a word from the Lord. And so that's not the case, though, with Ahaz. Ahaz was not a godly king. As a matter of fact, at no point, at least according to what I can find in scripture, does he support or is he submitted to the Lordship of Yahweh? He's never a godly king. And Isaiah gives him a word that lets him know: look, this thing with Syria, this this it's going to come to naught. Now, don't worry about this attack from the enemy. But what's crazy is Ahaz doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe it because. He's got a little something up his. Now, I know you think sometimes, you're like, hey, man, you know, God give me a word. And, and you're like, I'll stand on that word. I'll, I'll, I'll put both my feet on that word. I won't go anywhere. But the reality of it is, sometimes we like to have a backup plan. Only like 10 of y'all to be honest. Some of y'all are like, oh, God, I know you're a way maker, a miracle worker, promise keeper. And I declare you're going to provide but I got Visa in my back pocket, just in case you don't. I mean, I I know you're, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with any type of technological, medicinal advancements that we have made. God, I declare you're my healer, but I'm going still take, okay, I mean, there's, there's a backup plan. Ahaz has a backup plan here. Let me tell you what this backup plan is. This is, shows you how wicked he is. He is actually negotiated with Assyria. Remember, two different nations, Syria, Assyria. He is literally going to sell the people of Israel into slavery for his own freedom. Ahaz thinks he's got it all worked out. And Isaiah comes with him, comes to him with the word. And this is the word that Isaiah gives him. Look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Now, I know you're thinking, well, wait a second, I thought you said he was a wicked king. He didn't say that because he didn't want to test God. He said that because he didn't want to trust God. See, it's different. If God gives us a word, then you and I have the responsibility to take him at his word, to trust him at his word. Look at verse 13. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself, this is it, will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay. Isaiah prophesied, not knowing what actually he was, when he was, when, what he was prophesying, when it was going to come to pass. This, he's prophesying about something that's going to happen 740 years later. This is 740 years before Christ. So he says, hey, God's gonna give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive, have a child, and they'll call his name God with us. Okay, now think about this. How was that a sign to the people of Judah and the house of David? How was that a sign? Because it was going to take 740 years to happen Sarah said goodness gracious I mean you talk talking about waiting on the Lord we talk about waiting lifetimes fam let me tell you how it's a sign it's a sign actually to every generation of believers because here's what Isaiah is saying the Messiah is coming praise God the Messiah is coming And he's coming through the tribe of Judah, through the house of David. But the Messiah hasn't come yet. So the sign Ahaz is there's no way the enemy can succeed against you because God has purpose for you and he's not finished with you yet. That's why we need to understand this is the same sign for you and I today. God has purpose on your life and Satan cannot succeed against you. I'll tell you something else just to let the cat out of the bag. Satan cannot take you out. Satan cannot defeat you. As a matter of fact, you have more power in you if you've been filled with the Spirit, if you've been baptized in his name. There is more power resident in you than there is in Satan. You need to understand that the one true living God is alive inside of you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And if God be for you, the whole world can be against you. You are victorious. You're victorious, praise God. So the good news is Satan can't take you out. We like to blame the devil for a whole bunch of stuff too. Oh, the devil's messing with my money. No, that's you going to McDonald's. That's you getting those shoes you had to have. Praise God. I'm I'm meddling. Pastor Barry told me to chill. Praise God. He said, chill, son, chill. It's Christmas joy joy I mean we blame the, we give the devil all kinds of credit I know I've said this before but like the devil didn't give you a flat tire that was the nail and if you were texting and rear-ended somebody that that wasn't the devil that made you have an accident that was you texting while driving don't blame the devil for that if, if uh, Don't give him any credit. Let me tell you, the devil can't take you out. But here's what I have learned. You can take yourself out. You got to watch you. I have to watch me. So when I'm weak, when I'm tempted, when I'm under attack, I can do something stupid that could take me out of the purpose of God in my life. You got to hear me. Don't you react. You settle. You allow the goodness of God. You allow the mercy of God. You allow the kindness of God to plant you. Don't you step out in a moment of weakness. Don't you step out in a moment of temptation when you feel like you're under attack and remove yourself from what God has for you. So the good news is Satan can't take you out. That's what he's saying. This is amazing. 740 years before Christ. He says, hey, listen to me. Tribe of Judah. House of David. There's no way the enemy is going to take you out right now because the Messiah comes through you. I need you to catch this because I'm going somewhere. That's, I just need you to catch this. You can't, the enemy can't take you out, house of David, tribe of Judah, because the Messiah is going to come through you. And the Messiah hasn't come yet. So don't worry about what the enemy's saying about you. Don't worry about what the enemy says he's going to do, what he's planning to do. As a matter of fact, don't even worry about it. I've got some joy for the world. I'm gonna give you point after point. And this is why we have a reason to have joy in this world and why we can make the announcement joy to the world. Are you ready? Point number one, God became human. (laughs) This is astounding. Now I'm passionate about a couple of things you all know this if you know me I love studying theology and I love studying leadership self-leadership and organizational leadership Uh, I do not consider myself a theologian I did not attend seminary I do not have an MDiv by any stretch of the imagination though some people have tried to accredit me I've had people introduce me and said I've had all kinds of degrees I've had to correct them afterwards I was like "I, I never went to seminary they're like what Theology, though, is the study of God. You know, ology is the the study of, and theos coming from the Greek uh, word for God, it is the study of God. God became human. This is why Christmas changes everything. This is why Christmas, the whole world counted down to Christ and have now counted up since the Christ, the whole world did because God became human Well, we believe Jesus was a good man. We believe he was one of those prophets. You know, Jesus was like any other prophet of any other religion. No, 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 no. He was is and will be God. Always God. He is the alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the prince of peace. He is God all by himself. He's God. It's the same question they had even when Jesus was on the earth. And I think he brings this up to drive this point home, Matthew 16. I think it starts at, at verse 13. Let me check my notes. It does. Let's go here and look at this because people want to know. Tell me, tell me, I want to know. Let's look at Matthew 16:13. I'll go back and read it if I need to. Praise God. Matthew sixteen thirteen. Matthew sixteen thirteen. We're trying. Technology is a wonderful thing when it works. Praise God. There we go. Okay. Praise. Give it up for the media team. I do have my Bible. Listen, this is why each of you all need a Bible in print. I'm not an old head. I'm kind of a hybrid. You know, I'm a Gen X, right? But I'm a digital guy. But this is what you're gonna do when the you better get you a paper by look praise god you look, look at this thing right here you need you a praise god you need you a paper bible that's highlighted like this you need to get in this word that's why every time i'm preaching and i try to share some scripture deborah lee is quoting that thing with me praise god got all the color schematics in it look at it matthew 16:13. when jesus came into the region of caesarea philippi he asked his disciples Saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Look at verse 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, okay, this is important, but who do you? You do have to have an account for yourself. Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? Watch this. I want you to understand when you understand who he is too. Check this out. Look at verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Praise God. Look at verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. One more verse, because when you understand who he is, I want you to understand the authority that you operate in and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All predicated upon the understanding and the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Isaiah prophesied the day when men would cry, Emmanuel, God with us. The angel told Joseph, that day is today. Bethlehem's child is God with us. In the Old Testament, he was God above us. In the New Testament, he was God with us. And after Pentecost, he's now the God in us. That's good news. That's a reason to be joyful. Because not not only does he want to make himself known to you, he wants to be alive on the inside of you. Isaiah, he says something so astounding in 9 and 6. Isaiah 9 and 6, many of us can quote it. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Let me just tell you what this means if you look it up. In a Bible dictionary. Wonderful. Marvelous thing, a wonder. Two, counselor, an advisor, a deliberator, a helper in our adversity. Third, mighty God, powerful, warrior, champion, valiant man, a strong man, everlasting father, without end of lasting duration. Praise God. Prince of Peace, the head person, the governor, the one who ushers in peace. What am I trying to tell you? It's, it's a word called the, the incarnation. Literally, it's the enfleshment. It refers to the conception and live birth of a creature who, watch this, is the material manifestation of an entity whose original nature is immaterial. Let me make it really simple. The invisible became visible. That's a reason to say joy to the world. It's called the immaculate conception simply because that's what it means. Clean, pure, without spot. Watch this. So he was conceived purely, completely, purely, because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. A woman, not a man. That's important. Let me go back. Look at verse 18 of verse 1 in Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 20, same chapter. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. Watch. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit spirit the egg was from a woman but the seed was not from a man the seed was from the spirit now this is super super important because the bible tells us in the old testament that the iniquities says it over 10 times The iniquities of the fathers go to the third and fourth generation. Never says the iniquities of the mother. All the moms are like, I knew it. Every bad thing about my child, I knew it came from him. I knew it. I'm like, what can we say, Bishop? What can we say? Yeah, 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 iniquity has passed through the sea it's passed through the father so he's born of a woman not of a man why so he could be fully human and fully God the deity and the humanity of Christ here is the joy to the world God became human No other religion. And I even hate to use the word religion because I, I don't like the word religion. It's religion is man's attempt to get to God. Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. So he's born of an incorruptible seed. This seed had not been corrupted. I'm going to say that one more time. Because if you get this, he's born of an incorruptible seed. The seed had not been corrupted. Let me tell you why this is so good. Did you know that when you are born again, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you are born of an incorruptible seed? That's how you're born. Like, oh my God. All right. This is how you're born again. It is not a, This is what Nicodemus said. How can I be born again? Do I enter into my mother's womb a second time? No. This that we're talking about, Nicodemus, is of an incorruptible nature. It's out of this world. It's the Spirit of God coming on the inside of you, filling you with His Spirit. Watch this. 1 Peter 1.23 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Woo. So notice Emmanuel, God with us. I'm saying God became human. What I'm focusing on here is God. This is so hard to tell you because yesterday, my wife and I, during devotion, which took like two hours, I just wept myself God became flesh. God became human God became human let this settle in for a moment I want to say it another way he didn't send a messenger God brought a message himself God became human. I'll say it another way. God did not send someone to redeem you, He came Himself. Yeah. This is so important. Okay, I'll give you uh, uh, an illustration. Uh, judge was like, hey, look, um, you know, he's judge, he's friends. And this friend's like, man, I got it, I got the speeding ticket. Will you help me out? He's like, you're a judge. You can, you can go do what you need to do. And he's like, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. So he saw him a few weeks later. He was like, bro, you know, did you hook me up, judge? He's like, well, I took care of it. And he, he's like, well, what, what was the end result? And the judge's like, well, I paid it. He's like, well, that ain't what I meant. I meant you to talk to the police officer. Do whatever you do to get the ticket dismissed. And he was like, well, you guilty? Did you do it? He was like, yeah. So he was like, therefore, I paid the ticket. See, a lot of times, here's where we mess up with Scripture. You think, we think. God dismisses. No, he doesn't dismiss what we do. He paid for it. That's a reason to have joy to the world. He paid the fine himself. He paid the penalty himself. He paid for our sins himself. He laid down his life for you and I. That's a reason I have joy to the world. God became human. See, there's many times here. Let me see. I got, oh my word, I got like four or five more pages of notes. Let me hurry up. Thank you, Jesus. I just want, I want you to see this because this is so good. Uh, the meaning of Christmas begins with a young Jewish girl named Mary, engaged to be married. The Holy Ghost overshadows Mary. And the word in the Greek carries this idea. I was talking with Sarah about it yesterday. This brilliant light. Holy Ghost just overshadows. It's like the word in the Greek carries this idea of a brilliant light that would be enveloped with supernatural power. The same word here is used, okay, when the glory shone round about the Lord Jesus Christ. The same word is used when a voice from heaven identifies Jesus, the Son of God. See, glory shines in these three instances. Baptism, suffering, and sacrifice. We often talk about, oh, I want the favor of the... Do you know the angels declared to Mary that the favor of the Lord is upon you? Favor made her run in exile to Egypt. Favor, uh, but we want to talk about, we want the favor of the Lord. Favor, can I just tell you right now, you need to get this notion out of your mind that God is interested in your happiness. Happiness and Christianity are not synonymous. God is not trying to create some Disney World experience for you. We'll leave that up to the big rat. Mickey Mouse. I mean, if he's a mouse, he's a really, really large mouse. But Mickey the rat doesn't go over as well. Thank you. <laughs> I hope y'all, so hopefully y'all would catch that. I was like, man, I know it's the last Sunday. Praise God. Give me something. Thank you, Jesus. I know we're all God's children, but only Jesus had no earthly father, but was born in supernatural circumstances. Watch this. Why is he called the Son of God? I'm going to show you. It means that he hails from heaven, he is from above. He is, or his source is God. Watch this. Let's go to John 1 and 1. Stick with me. I'm just going to give you a few more here. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Skip down to verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Look at verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father. He has declared him. Jesus is the son of man. In that he was born of a woman. Jesus is the son of God. In that he was born from above. As son of God, Jesus makes God visible. Okay. Uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. This is good news, this is good news. I got something I'm gonna read to you all that if, I, I, I know I'm typically teaching. I, I'm gonna run after I read this, not this right now. Coming up, I'm gonna run, and maybe not literally, but uh, praise God. Look at Hebrews one and verse one. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We do well to remember that there is only one person of God. There is only one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father above all, through all, and in you all. There is only one. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him. Like the old song says, it's all in him. There are not many gods. There's only one God, and Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. So when we say he is the son of God, we are saying he knows what I go through. He's walked where I've walked. That old clay cross song, he's walked a mile in my shoes. The incarnation is the reality of Christmas. Paul talks about it. He says in 1 Timothy three sixteen. Here's where I'm going to get excited. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels. Are you hearing me? preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. (laughs) Praise God. So check this out. This is it. Now, up until recently, we think the word mystery refers to some, like, secret. No, 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 no. But it's something that was once hidden, but now has been revealed. Great is the mystery. Something was once hidden. Now it's revealed. God, great is this revelation. It was once hidden, but now it's revealed. Great is what's been revealed, that God became a man. So listen to this. I'm quoting teacher William McDonald, who is a theologian. He says, and these are answers from his book, Answers to Your Questions. The mystery is great, not because it is very mysterious, but because it is so astounding. It is wonderful to think that the great God who fills heaven and earth should compress himself into a human body. As men looked at him, they could say accurately, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. From the palace of heaven to a cattle shed, a stable, a manger. The omnipotent one becomes a helpless baby. It is no exaggeration to say that he whom Mary held in her arms held Mary. For he is the sustainer as well as the maker. The omniscient one is the foundation of all wisdom and knowledge and yet we read of him that as a child he increased in wisdom and knowledge. These are all truths of the incarnation. It's perhaps the greatest paradox of our faith, but it's proclaimed as absolutely true in the word of God. Fully God and fully man. The master came into the world as servant. The Lord of glory failed that glory in a body of flesh. The Lord of life came into the world for the express purpose of dying. The Holy One who cannot look upon sin came into this jungle of sin called earth. The object of the Father's delight and, uh, and of angelic worship, hungered, thirsted, sweated, hurt, was weary, slept. He wandered as a homeless stranger in the world his hands had made. This is the message of Christmas. Joy to the world. God became human. He invaded our world with a message of hope and joy. His message is based on his identity. This is why various cults and liberal Christianity won't work. Jesus is not just a way. He is the only way. Because he only and he alone is God when we say things like, Emmanuel, we know he feels what I feel. I want us to to stand. I'll ask our musicians to come. Christmas is amazing that God became a human and died for his creation. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we have joy. Why are we declaring joy to the world? God became human. I don't want to just get caught up in everything that goes on throughout the year. Don't get me wrong. I love all the trappings of the holidays. But I want you to take some time and think about how amazing it is that God came into this world as a human in a very humble way, lived a sinless life for you and I so he could fulfill the requirements of the law over us, but then died a penal death, died a penal death, penalty. where the word comes from so that I could live so don't get caught up in the fact that all the other stuff is happening and you miss that one obvious truth I want to pray for you today I want to do things a little different today we might not be able to get to everybody. But I'm going to ask a few people to, to come. Uh, Pastor Barry, Nadine, I want you to come. Deborah Lee, Patricia, Alex, Bella. Why don't y'all just come stand out here? Elvis, why don't you come? Alvin, why don't you come? Praise God. I'm just I'm just calling. I didn't even talk to y'all. Just spread on out. Praise God. I, l- I love y'all. There's something that must be anointing over here that y'all feel. Praise God. Because everybody just kind of comes this way. Come on over here, Bella. Praise God. Thing. Right dead center, right dead center, right Bella, you stand right here in front of me. <laughs> Praise God. Anointed woman of God. I want to pray for you. I want these people to forbid. why don't you come too? Praise God. Yeah, scoot down there, Dan. Squeeze me in. Thank you, Jesus. Because you might be going through difficulty right now. Or you might be thinking, hey, you might be thinking I want to give your life to the Lord might be thinking, you know what, I want to give my life back to the Lord. We're going to sing another worship song in just a moment, and if I want to make this abundantly clear, if you need prayer in any area of your life, I want to emphasize this, you don't have to even be a member of Extraordinary Church, you might just be a first-time guest, and they're like, yo, I'm coming, you might have been, you might be one of our ride or dies and go back with me when we got here since March of 2018, you might even predate that. But I want you to, you might, you may have gone through our growth track classes. None of that matters. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you and for you. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. In just a moment, we're going to begin to sing. And this is really easy. You can't get this wrong. All you have to simply do, step out of the aisle, come to the front, and get with somebody and they'll pray with you. They're going to pray with you, encourage you, and you can tell them what you want to pray about. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances. Maybe you want to give your life back to the Lord. Maybe maybe you want to know what it's like to give your life to the Lord. And I want you to know, this is why you can have joy. Because God came, robed himself in flesh, died for your sins and for mine. Every head is bowed. I'm gonna begin to pray. The worship team is gonna begin to sing. And if you feel led, I want you to come and we're gonna pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, the reason we can have joy right now is because you came.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends. ExtraordinaryChurch.ca We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at ExtraordinaryChurch.ca We'd love to hear from you.